Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Welcome to IGN UK podcast 666, The Devil Show. I am here with two absolute heathens of gentlemen, Jesse Gomez. Hello, it is I. <laughs> oh, it was worth, that was worth the delay, that was. Yeah. Uh, Matt, have you got any voices to show us? No, but I am devilishly handsome. Oh, but no one will ever know because no. this is audio only. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Close their eyes and imagine. Just imagine what. That could be a nice little question for this week. What do you think I look like? Yeah. Um, I Do you know, if I close my eyes, I'm thinking uh, Peter Andre in the Mysterious mm, Girl video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're constantly just. <laughs> dripping under a waterfall that's what you, that's what you do um there we go we're going to talk about some horror things this week because you know what it's halloween soon and rather than wait till halloween we're going to give you some like little maybe hidden horror picks some films some games some other things that maybe in the next couple of weeks you, you might want to check out so uh we're gonna do that but first we've got a couple of new things to talk about so first up i'm just going to go ahead and talk about the new hellraiser film which I have managed to see um, by some miracle. And um, it's a good bit of fun. Do, do either of you two have any connections to Hellraiser? No, I'm not talking about in your family tree. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, Pinhead uh, is my, uh, my uncle, uh, two, yeah. two generations removed. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen the original mm-hmm. Hellraiser. I feel like it received like a lot of sequels and stuff, but I've never actually oh, it's looked had at so many. Yeah, yeah, I've never really looked at a lot of like Clive Barker's mm-hmm. stuff. Oove. The original Hellraiser house is fairly near um, your neck of the woods. I think it was shot in, it? Like, near like Finchley Hampstead sort of way. Oh, yeah. mate, we're going down there. I didn't realise it was a British film. I just thought it was like yeah. an American. <laughs> the original is very British, but um, this remake, thoroughly American. It's all right. It's, it's, it's fun enough. I didn't... I had some fun with it. I just thought it could either be... It's two hours long, which... I think that's like a decent comedies, time for a horror film as well. Yeah, like I feel like comedies and horrors kind of share that thing that ninety minutes is a sweet spot for those sort of films, mm. um, especially when it's like straight up horror like this. And I thought either cut it by half an hour because there's stuff that could go, or just do more of it because it's quite a basic plot for what is a weird concept for a horror film. If you don't know what Hellraiser is, kind of revolves around someone finding this sort of infamous little puzzle box, sometimes known as the Lament configuration, sometimes known as the Lamarchon configuration. And basically, when you solve one of these puzzles on it, in the film, a blade appears in the box, out of the box. And whoever you nick or stab with that blade is basically marked as a sacrifice. And the people that do these sacrifices are these deformed humanoids known as Cenobites. And they come from a different realm, and they're just a, they're just a great selection of true freaks. So, um, so could, you, could you just defeat them by just putting the box away and just putting the little knife thing away? If you well, just buried it, would that be fine? 
So, <laughs> so not trick- have a movie, Jesse. <laughs> no, it's not a movie. And um, the whole point is that, like, maybe you have a motive to carry on because after every sixth um, sacrifice you make, you basically get granted a wish. So these Cenobites oh, are inherently quite evil but they kind of they're not really they're kind of in between devils and angels in a way because they'll do horrible things they look horrible mm. but they also could grant you your ultimate like that doesn't sound dream. like a really bad trade to be honest what killing six people does, I would, it, does I it have to be does six. it have to be people like what if you have like i don't know well maybe some of the plot points revolve around this <laughs> okay. but um basically the idea you know it takes you maybe two or three of these to work out, two or three of these kills to work out what's even happening to you. But see, they're led by Pinhead, like, and I think the Sounds like image a metal of band. Yeah, the, the frontman of, of the Cenobites. <laughs> the image of Pinhead is probably more famous than most things. Hellraiser people just go, "Oh yeah, that's Hellraiser." The, the, the name of the character is not Hellraiser; it's Pinhead, also known as the Hell Priest, or in this version, the Hell Priestess, and suitably creepy there's some great shots of her just like across lakes and in the distance just like looking at people those are like the most effective shots because when you get close up it's not it's not as scary but um i enjoyed it overall it's just i think the effects are really good like i said the actual cenobites they've got this time around are quite fun there's one i think he might have appeared before i've watched all the hellraiser sequels i will admit but um the chatterer is one of my favorite he basically just like slowly walks towards you i think he can also run uh, that one, but he basically is just teeth are chattering the whole time. So when he's following you, you just hear like chattering teeth the whole time. Someone that gave him a <laughs> Yeah, he's good. There's another one I think just called Skin, who has stretched skin. <laughs> they're they're very good. None of them, of course, um, a touch on um, CD from a Hellraiser. CD two or three. Yeah. I can't remember. He's just now. got CDs sticking out of his head. Yeah, he's he's incredible in like a leather jacket. He's a cool guy. Well, like actual the, little uh, like DVDs out of his head. Or yeah, like, like he has CDs. Um, he was a former DJ, I think, who uh, oh. got that deformed into one. And he, like, yeah, see, like he almost has a CD Mohican in his, in his head. <laughs> it's so, really it's such a shame that we don't have physical media anymore, really. I know. Like, I know. CD's I'm, taking it all. Exactly. I'm a digital man. <laughs> yeah, I am Spotify. Uh, <laughs> it's just a green circle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the creature designer did quite enjoy this time around. The effects are all quite well done. It's very over the top, gory in places, which is always a bit. Is, of is there a lot of like? practical effects and stuff because i can't stand a watching it a is, horror there film are... where there's like you know just tons of cg blood and it looks i haven't bad. gone deep into the production of it but a lot of it seemed quite practical there are bits where there are a bit of cgi and that kind of is where it you know you see some of the cracks in it a little bit but i liked it it just you know it just didn't go as bonkers as i would have liked it to because like it's such a weird concept for a thing like the original clive barker like version and it's just anything if anything is it's just incredibly horny and this film isn't that horny especially the original book is very horny Um, they've never really gone full as well yeah they've never really gone full full in on it i'd rather they just went for it because this is kind of a they kind of went to a certain point and then kind of just went should we just make it a little bit plainer which is a bit of a shame i just does the um does the modern setting like mm. have any sort of effect into the story at all because we were talking about this before like i haven't watched the latest um fucking hell what's it called texas, texas chainsaw. chainsaw massacre but i heard that there was a lot of like how they put like the modern world into that story wasn't yeah great. i didn't i didn't like i i really did not like that latest were they like texas live chainsaw streaming at all? <laughs> there were basically there were basically bits where there's like a party bus full of teens and someone's streaming it 
Facebook streaming it on their phone as as Leatherface turns up. It was it was bad. <laughs> that sounds really shit. Yeah, because the original, and that's why like original Hellraiser and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so because they have that like eighties grain yeah. to them, and they feel like a bit grubby. Whereas, yeah, this is a bit too clean. I'm not. I don't feel too down on Hellraiser. I thought it was fine. Like, I'd give it like. I don't know, like a, a six. It's okay. It's it's enjoyable enough to watch. I wouldn't be, you know, dying to see it. Did you get scared watching the film? Can't it's not a It's not yeah. a scary film. There's no like jump scares. It's more just like, yeah, if, just a bit freaky. Yeah. But, yeah. I I'd kind of like to see him give it another go. Maybe just go for it a bit. But so yeah, make I, it hornier and shorter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I want to see Pinhead doing TikToks key. in the sequel, please. Okay, we can get that arranged. Um, maybe Pinhead I'll direct Hellraiser too. Pinhead in Fortnite, yeah. Get Pinhead in Fortnite. Wouldn't that be too scary for kids? Maybe. Because Pinhead looks know. pretty fucked. I don't know if they've had any like horror icons in Fortnite. I'd be surprised that they know. haven't. Did they have... Hmm. Have they had the guy from Scream in it? I feel like that's... That feels, yeah. That's always like safe for Dead by Daylight. They get all that. They've got yeah. the Xenomorph in uh, Fortnite, actually. Actually, yeah, yeah, they have. And they had Ripley in it as well. So, you know what? Let's get, let's get, get all of them get, in. Get, Get CD in. Let's put petition. Get CD in. Fortnite. Let's use some of our clout. Let's audience yeah. of this show. <laughs> email CD. epic. Yeah. And it's it's a tax right itself. It's it really is just incredible. Um. Yeah. This film needed CD. Is what we've we've got to the bottom of here. But yeah, maybe check that out. Um, Matt, I know you were particularly excited for something that started this week, and I believe it has lived up to expectations uh, in a little show called. Chainsaw Man. Absolutely. Uh, Chainsaw Man, I think... I, I've got this feeling, and I've been saying it for a little while, that it has that um, that feeling when like Attack on Titan came out and it was like people that weren't watching anime, they were like, oh, have you seen this yet? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been saying it for ages that, you know, I've read the manga uh, during the pandemic, uh, like right at the start of it. I remember having really long conversations about it while I was queuing up to get groceries with my uh, with my partner um mm-hmm. and uh it's just a really imagine that you're an edgy teenager um oh i can quite like, yeah that's me it, every day it is exactly <laughs> what you would want from that with a little bit more um uh, like scope and uh like prestige to it so mm-hmm. it's about a lad what can turn into a man with chainsaws for arms <laughs> and that's sick uh, yep. But then, you know, the plot of the show will go a little bit further. But for that first episode, boy, howdy, does he have chainsaws for arms? <laughs> How does, I mean, it's just a spoiler. It's the, probably the start of the first episode. Do they, does he have like an origin story? Like, how does, yeah. how does this happen? Uh, the origin story is really good. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of it for the uh, okay. for, for the, uh, the people at home. But um, it's what will happen during that, that first episode. Yeah. Um, this world that exists is one where like devils are around ambiently. And the mm-hmm. they are based on every possible topic, right? There could be such a thing as a pencil devil, but it, their power is... Dis- That's a good Cenobite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pencil sticking out, is it? <laughs> yep. Their power is determined by how scary people generally think that they are. So mm. um, he gets... The Chainsaw Man gets his powers from how cha- scary chainsaws are. Um, okay. And, you know, will eventually fight devils that are made of scarier and scarier ideas sounds like you know i mean this is real shorthand it's what i link to when I've, uh, anyone talks to me about anime it does sound like it has a little bit of persona to it there a little bit of that i think it. some of the designs of it are very you wouldn't 
there's like a katana devil coming up in uh, a little bit later on the season that mm. will absolutely be like it looks like a persona character like. i i watched the first because there's only one episode available mm-hmm. at the moment right Matt? yeah i watched that last night and i really really did enjoy it. and it does speak true to how like when i was in sixth form everyone started wearing like it's so nerdy everyone started wearing like attack on titan jumpers and they had the bags and everything they had all the hoodies and shit and then i actually got into watching attack on titan and it's like you said it feels very similar to like this is going to be the next big anime that people are gonna latch onto. and mm-hmm. i really enjoyed what i watched the other day but yeah um Cardi, what you're saying there's a it does feel somewhat persona-ish, especially the main character and who he goes up against. Like, there's a there's a tomato devil that I think he faces. It so it, feels like one, like just a random JP, JRPG enemy. Like you can yeah, see, yeah, yeah, see fighting a hundred of them over the course of like four four episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm intrigued by it because it is. I don't know. It's kind of it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I always get something that looks a bit bonkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how do you like what service is it it's on? on Crunchyroll. Yeah, yeah. It has all all anime, as I should have guessed. Yeah, it's dropping like <laughs> an hour after it airs in Japan as well, which is which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. Is it uh, English? I don't or know whether or not it's released at the same time the English dub, but they are they are dubbing it. I'm not sure if it's out yet though. But uh, subtitles one, the, the voice acting's been really good in this. Yeah, one so I'd far. probably watch mm. it subbed anyway. To be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might. I may well give it a go because I I'm reckon. Not, yeah. I think this first episode is really good, and it's a, a great adaptation of a good chapter in the uh, in the manga. But I mm-hmm. don't think that it'll really capture you. Like if you if you okay. if you just check it out and you go like, okay, that was nice. I don't think I'll come back to this. I I, I think I will get that impression of you, Cardi. Uh, I yep. I would give it a couple episodes to like have a little bit more meat and mm-hmm. give it a chance to like really. Yeah, give give the chance, give the meat chance to stew. <laughs> is it kind of because I just in my head inherent? I haven't really seen any trailers or anything. Like a man with chainsaw arms, I imagine it's super violent. Like this isn't a kids anime, right? Is it oh, quite no, quite it's, heavy? It's the weird thing grim. is though, it's in Shonen <laughs> Jump. Like it's in the manga was published in like the you know teenagers manga, mm. which, which I think is pretty appropriate. But it's definitely very adult. Yeah, cool. But it's adult uh, that, in the same way that it's like if you were a teenager, you'd love it. Not that that's a yeah. recommendation for all the teenagers listening. But. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll. Do you know what I say? Maybe I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go mm-hmm. and and see what I think. I feel like this is maybe my way into an anime is like weekly release where I can talk to people about it rather yeah. than just you know because sometimes when I look whenever I've looked at doing it, watching an anime, I'm like Jesus Christ, there's but- 749 <laughs> episodes, <laughs> and I'm like I'm yeah, just never going to do it. I'm I had like, someone recommend me to watch Naruto, and I was like that is still ongoing and there's like 50 gazillion seasons there's no fucking way that's gonna happen yeah yeah okay i'll, I'll give it a little go um if anyone's watched chainsaw man ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com let us know what you think or let's know what you think of hellraiser uh it's always fun if you've got a cool cenobite design that's made of i don't know crisps and prit sticks or something i don't know could be a bit of fun um we're gonna now take turns we've picked five things here i've called them hidden horror picks they don't need to be that obscure they're just things that aren't mainstream we're not going to be talking about you know resident evil and the exorcist here you know everyone knows those are good things so i've just chosen five films because horror games aren't my my uh strong suit but horror films i do know a fair bit about so i know you guys have maybe mixed yours up a bit gone for a mixture of things in your five things yeah yeah and i've i may have uh 
I have cheated a little. Oh, oh why did I'm you sorry. cheat? Well, do you know what, Jesse? Seeing as you're a cheat, I'm going to put you on the pedestal first. What's your first one you want to talk about? That's fine. The first one I actually want to talk about is a film I really, really like. It better um, not be one of mine. No, I'm I'm almost certain we confirmed this isn't one you chose. It's called uh, mm. The Wailing. Have any of you? This guys- is on my list of ones to watch this Halloween. I was going right. to watch it last night, but then I saw it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, that's time. So yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Um, but for those who don't know, this is a 2016 South Korean. Um, film directed by I think someone who hasn't really done all too much I think maybe he's done three or four films before this um, he's called uh, uh, Na Hong Jin and to keep the premise of the film simple the the Waylon follows a, a local like sort of bumbling small town police officer called uh, Jong Gu who gets sort of dragged into investigating a string of like super brutal murders within his tiny town and from the start you understand that something bigger is in play because not only are these people being brutally murdered but there's also sort of a an infection sort of slowly taking mm. hold of the town. Now, I think uh, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna offer up a, a sliver, a little tiny, tiny spoiler here. I'm just gonna say one of John Gu's family members fall ill with this infection. I know, shocker, but um, <laughs> it, it has kind of even that just premise that it's kind of got a little bit of Silent Hill energy to it. it yeah, yeah, it certainly does, and it and it. It sort of ties into Silent Hill has, you know, a lot of core themes about it, but one of them is the theme of faith. And you deal a lot with that in this film. There's sort of like a, a triangle of influence that John Gu deals with. Um, there's these three characters that are constantly pushing and pulling him in different hmm. directions during his investigation. You've got a Japanese stranger who, like the town folk believe, are responsible for everything bad happening, but, you know, he's like protesting his innocence. Then you've got this woman in white who's seen as like a um, a spiritual village guardian and she's, you know, warning the main character that you can't trust this Japanese stranger and if you do, you'll regret it. And then you've got this out-of-town shaman who gets called in, but he's also a little bit of a shifty character too. And like Cardi said, like, you know, the film is two hours and 36 minutes long. It's a long film, but it's that constant buildup of suspense and pressure because you're watching John Gu like suffer with who and what he can believe in as he gets closer to the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, should he have faith in the village guardian or, you know, the rumors being spread by the town folk? Can he believe the Japanese stranger? Cause he's dealing with like this mob mentality, just like pounding on him and stuff. And yeah. you're also going to be asking throughout the film, like, is any of this supernatural or not? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching it. Cause I'm, I, I do love myself a little bit of Korean cinema and this one is one i haven't it's, yet done I, so. I think i think it's usually considered like one of the top tier like korean mm-hmm. horror films you can watch for me it's something it feels it's got similar vibes to like something that i don't know ariesta might direct but if you are interested in watching this do yourself a favor mm-hmm. don't watch any of the trailers because usually uh trailers for horror films are quite bad and they spoil a lot of stuff i think you can mm-hmm. watch this on amazon prime um okay. but either way like get yourself a copy of this film or stream it because it's definitely worth a watch Good recommendation. Love it. Matt, what you, what have you got first up? So, somehow, this has been a thing that has existed for about 10 years in some form, uh, but I only recently got into this because they made a Channel 4 TV show of it. But it's a show called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Are uh, either of you two familiar with this? I am not familiar with it, no. I've never heard of that. Right. So, it was a digital short for a while. There are about six episodes of it. Uh, it's about a bunch of puppets that are hanging out in a house. Uh, but every time, every episode, they get a visit from a strange new character that does something utterly horrific to them. Um, and it really tests the limits of what is like nice to see a puppet doing. 
Um, it's like a, a nice like mixed um, medium. Uh, so sometimes it'll be like digital animation as well or claymation. Um, but if you just want to see some puppets in some really truly awful situations, uh, check out the, the digital <laughs> ones. But also the uh, the Channel Four episodes that have extended these shorts into like thirty minute episodes. There's now six of them on. Uh, do you still call it 4OD? Whatever they actually call it. Is, is it more 4 now? Yeah, is that it? Still 4OD no, as far as I'm four? concerned. Is it all 4? It might be who knows? all 4. What <laughs> I don't know. excellent branding they've done. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in the UK, that's that's how you're going to watch it. Yeah, I might. I I do find puppets quite creepy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. So. Is it similar to like Happy Tree Friends? I, I think it's less that. of that like randomness, right? Like, okay. Yeah, I think... There is like some hyper violence to it as well, but I wouldn't say that it's the like the the forefront of what's happening. I think m- mostly it's it's very silly and then suddenly very unsettling. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, sounds sounds interesting to say the least. My first pick is a film called Creep, not the two thousand and four film set on the London Underground, and not, not the Radiohead song. And not the Radiohead song, although I'd always recommend listening to that song. Um, but indeed, I'm talking about the 2014 found footage horror film, which is available on Netflix to watch now. I, this is, if you want to be unsettled, this is this this will unsettle you. It's only 80 minutes long, which is good. You can watch this twice in the amount of time it takes to watch The Wailing. Um, I've got a cough, so I'm sorry. <coughs> Gross. Just talking talking about creep just really made me want to cough out all the um demons. But basically this film <laughs> it's it's kind of uncomfortable as it can come. It's very much a psychological horror about pushing like personal boundaries to the limits for like mm. most of it. And right. if you've like seen or read Stephen King's Misery, it's got a bit of that sort okay. of vibe to it. So basically the rough the setting of the story is not going to spoil too much. Just like literally all happens in the first five minutes. Like there's a videographer, Aaron, who basically he's like a Craigslist video. He's for hire. He's a cameraman. He'll make something for you. He accepts an assignment to travel to a cabin where he meets a client called Joseph. And basically Joseph explains to him that he's terminally ill and that his wife is pregnant with his kid. And basically he wants, he wants Aaron to follow him around for a day and film him, um, basically a little like video diary to his unborn son in case he doesn't make it to see his son so he can see what his dad was like. Such a wholesome, lovely thing. It really is. But then throughout (laughs) the day, like Joseph's behavior gets more and more odd. Uh, Things get more and more uneasy. And it's basically the whole, you know, first half, two thirds of them are all about like how far do things get weird with someone before you go, do you know what? I'm going to (laughs) leave. And then I'm not going to say where it goes from there, but if you want to feel very uncomfortable for an hour and a quarter or so, I can't, I can't recommend creep enough. It's on Netflix now to watch. Oh, so that's actually pretty handy. I did just see on Mm. Google that there's a creep too. Would you recommend There is a sequel. Um, I haven't yet actually watched the sequel, which I think is meant to be all right. And I think a third one is being made as well. Oh, okay. It was like, um, one of the earlier Bloomhouse like indie projects they oh, did. Oh right, it's really good. Um, it's only yeah like two actors. The director is Aaron, the videographer in it, so he wrote and directed it. But and then it's yeah. good that he's behind the camera then for that. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> it's um yeah. I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but yeah, it's, no, it's well good. worth 
well worth it. And it it lands it lands it as well. It's gonna, a good, gonna watch good that ending. later since it's so Ooh, short. Lovely. Um Jesse, next up. Yeah, so this is um a video game. Uh it's called Ooh. At Dead of Night. Now this might sound um off putting for some, but don't let it deter you from checking this out if you've got a I mean a PC. lot of horror does just sound off putting to yeah. people, doesn't it? <laughs> no, but um at Dead yeah, of Night it'd is be a, really uh, weird if it was like, oh this sounds great. Oh, this sounds this lovely. Like no, the reason why I put that forward first is because it's a FMV point and click horror game. It came out a few years ago, but it's not like one of those super tacky horror games from the eighties or whatever where <laughs> they tried to use FMV way too much. But um the premise is super simple. You check into a hotel with a bunch of your mates and the sole person running it, Jimmy it's a bit creepy, but you have nowhere else to go for the night, so you decide to stay there. And it ends up being that Jimmy actually has a murderous alter ego in which it sort of goes into overdrive. He tries to begin a killing spree, and it's your job to uh, save your friends and, uh, well, yourself, really, by escaping. But um, that's not all, because you're also trying to uncover the truth behind like Jimmy's madness by communicating with the spirits left behind in the hotel and offering them closure as you uh, try to like tie up their stories and how they died as well. So not only are you dealing with Jimmy in the hotel as he stalks throughout, but you're also trying to piece together this, uh, I guess like ghost hunting story at the same time. And um, I guess one of the cool things about it is just how creepy the game is like going from room to room, hallway to hallway, trying to avoid Jimmy is like, it offers a lot of heart pounding moments. You know, you'll be clicking down a hallway only to Mm -hmm. then maybe spot a shadow behind a wall now that could just be your eyes tricking you or it could be jimmy and if you feel like it is then you might decide to run into the room next to you and if you're lucky i don't like the sound of jimmy yeah J- jimmy is grim i mean you can just look up a picture <laughs> of him and you'll see what i mean um but yeah you might like That's run the into cover the room up next for this episode just jimmy. just jimmy's <laughs> face honestly look it up but yeah like if you run into a room and you're lucky enough to have a key for it you know you might lock it and stuff and at that point you're staring down that peephole and he might just walk by and then you listen for the footsteps to get quieter and quieter and you might try and escape. Or you could, you know, walk out of the room and he might just be waiting around the corner and whacks you in the head and it's game over. Or you might try and, you know, actually force his way into the room and then at that point you might actually be It fucked. sounds horrible. I've just looked at a picture of Jimmy. It's kind of like <laughs> if you mixed Pee Wee Herman with Dr. Robotnik. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty grim. But the, the entire game is... Um, it's a cool, creepy little horror game, and it's quite fun just, you know, putting a nice pair of headphones on and, you know, skulking about this hotel and being like, you know, is it is it him Where's moving Jimmy? behind that door? Like, did I just hear that floorboard creak behind me? Did I just see Jimmy, like, peep around a corner and stuff like that? It's it's an intense game, and if you've got some time, then check out on Steam. It seems um, fairly similar to the, uh, the classic Slenderman game, mm. uh, where you just trying to avoid him at all costs <laughs> yeah because he is grim <laughs> brilliant fantastic matt have you got anything grim for us i do and it's another little horror game uh, i hope Ooh. i'm not stealing one of yours jesse uh <laughs> it's called anatomy it's by a uh, kitty horror show um mm. it is very difficult to say too much about it because i think the trick of it is almost in the unknowing but it's about the idea of inhabiting just a regular house one very similar to one that you might even be playing the video game in. Uh, it's very deliberately lo-fi. It's kind of about picking up tapes and listening to them and then going from you know one place like back to a place where you can listen to them or um, you know very hard to say anything more than that. yeah, but yeah. It, it is the most unsettled I've been while doing some of the least a game has ever done. Uh, and if that doesn't sell I'm it to intrigued. you, yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's utterly great. 
Nice. I, I like the sound of that. Um, next up, I have Speak No Evil, which is a film that only came out a short while ago this year. It is a Danish psychological horror that kind of shares a similar philosophy to Creep in some ways. Um, although it's Danish, I will say, sometimes I know subtitles do put people off, um, it is mostly in English with occasional bits of Danish and little bits of Dutch in there. Basically, the premise of this film is... Centers on a Danish couple and a Dutch couple who become friends with each other and their children while on holiday in Tuscany. I believe it's Tuscany. Um, at like the same holiday resort and they become friends on holiday. And then like off they come back from holiday, basically. This Danish couple get a postcard from the Dutch couple inviting them, do you want to come to ours for like a weekend? Stay at our place in uh, like the Dutch countryside, it'll be nice. And they're like, well, you know, it's rude to say no, isn't it? Um, so we'll go do that. Then they get there and, you know, (laughs) things are fine. They're having a nice time. But then the hosts soon kind of begin to kind of display not necessarily odd behavior, but, you know, you can tell they they conduct their family in a different way to how the Danish couple do. Like, so it's kind of, you know, things get slowly, they begin to test like their guests as like the situation escalates a bit and it's all about finding that line between like are these people just like from a different culture a different lifestyle this is how they do things or 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 is something else at play here and it's kind of all about again it's like i think it's only an hour and a half again just very awkward and uncomfortable and uneasy for a long time you're like is anything going on here and then i will say it has an ending that will stay with me for a long time and genuinely one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever watched. <laughs> so if, if you like the sound of that, uh, get on Speak No Evil. Cause, what, um, which year did this one come out in? Cause this they, year. Oh, the, this year. Because there seems to be quite a few. Oh, it's probably quite a common name, Speak No Evil. Uh, you want the Danish one, though, okay, uh, that good. came out in 2022. There can't be other Danish films to come out called Speak No Evil <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, I you don't know, know how. Uh, I don't know where you'd watch that one at the moment. Actually, is it on Shudder? A lot of things are on Shudder. I think I've got a subscription to Shudder, so hopefully it is. Uh, 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 let me see. It is on Shudder. Oh yes, get in. Um, yeah, hard. Uh, not a laugh. I will say that. Although there are there, you know, there's a bit of laugh at the start when you. you yeah, know, it's there's, nice. always, there's always fun to be had in horror films, you know. Is there any mm, jokes in it? Not all. Any jokes in it about how like Danish doesn't have a word for please and thank you? Like, is that <laughs> like d- if there's an impoliteness from like how a family talks to mm. another? Like, oh, they just there they're just a- not very nice. Oh, that's how it all kicks off. Yeah, that's where yeah, the horror maybe is. Maybe that is maybe that is the uncomfortable ending. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Manners Jesse, go out the window. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jesse, what's up next for you? Well, this is a a large collection of games, actually. So, oh. haha. Um, I'm recommended uh, Puppet Combos Library of Games. Um, now, there's a bunch, and these are all crazy titles, but you've got games like Babysitter Bloodbath, Power Drill Massacre, The Night Ripper, <laughs> and actually one game that just released today, that's sort of like the culmination of all of his prior games, uh, Stay Out of the House. Now, if you mm. couldn't guess from the names of those games, uh, this is a developer that very much loves like 1970s Grindhouse. He's big into 19 yeah. Itali- like 1980s like Italian killer. horror and stuff, yeah. Um, and all of the games are super intense first-person horror experiences, usually with like a massive figure or brutal murderer chasing you. And all of the games sort of have like this, you know how like the Warriors looks utterly grim? It's like Mm -hmm. the worst fucking version of 
you know, New York that you could possibly have. Um, a lot of the games sort of have that similar visual style. And for the longest of times, Puppet Combo has been releasing these games via his Patreon, via Itch.io. I mean, he's got about 20 different horror games now. But like I said, State of the House just released today. And they all feature like a just a brutal cat and mouse gameplay style with a PS1 slash VHS visual style. So if you're into that, check his games out. A few of them are on console now as well. Um, I think nice. PlayStation 4 and Xbox and the Switch too. So it's not just PC anymore. You can actually check them out. Nice. Sounds good. I think I've seen glimpses of these before and the mm. like you're saying they do yeah they are reminiscent of that sort of almost video nasty sort of style yeah. of uh, of stuff yeah nice one matt what you got taking a little break here from uh out and out horror stuff this one's more of a horror comedy uh i think you two are probably familiar with it it's called one cut of the dead I do know this. Story. I haven't heard of this. Oh, oh I'm surprised, you'd Jesse. This, Jesse. Yeah, this is totally <laughs> up like your street. I'm sorry, guys. God. Mm. No, you'll like it. Yeah, yeah. You something to look forward to. You especially <laughs> would get on with this very well, I think, knowing your tastes. Nice. Um, so it's a what appears to be a very low budget, uh, one single shot Japanese zombie movie. Oh, shit, I have heard of this, actually. <laughs> and saying much more about what there is to it, mm. there is a significant twist. What mm. I what I experienced while watching it was watching about half of it and thinking, yeah, this is, like, competent. Like, I really, you know, I think they've done, they've committed to this one-shot thing really well. You know, they've achieved it. Don't really get what everybody was trying to tell me <laughs> that I need to see this for. Um <laughs> And it's some of the most I've laughed in ages. Okay. Uh, it's an incredibly confident movie. I'll, I'll give it that. There's, all, there's things that happen that kind of stick in your brain until they make sense later on. Um, mm. And it, it's so weird to say this too, because most people I think that will like go and watch this after hearing this show will think like, Matt, you've got like no taste whatsoever. This wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't very good. And I'm like, give it time. Give it, give yeah. it a while. It is kind of. Um, I think when it came out, kind of, you know, it's shorthand. Whenever people people like to compare stuff, it's, it's the easiest way to do it. It's like it's the Japanese Shaun of the Dead, mm. which isn't far off. Right, like okay. it, it, yeah, yeah. it is. It is good like that. Like, yeah, like you said, you don't want to, yeah, give away what happens, but it, it is definitely. Uh, I think I've had it fun. on my watch list for ages, just based on like a mm-hmm. poster I've seen, but I've not actually, yeah, obviously delved into it yeah but it does sound funny so yeah i mean out. this podcast is just good for you you're getting a whole list yeah of i know i'm very happy and stuff. it's definitely it's okay. we've absolutely got to make a list for this one of everything that we've talked <laughs> about <laughs> absolutely um next up this is probably the most well-known of my picks but it's one Alien. i want to shout out this is um it's a definite I think it's the definition of a Marmite film. And I think when I say this, a lot of people will go, you think that's good? Okay. Uh, it's Mother by Darren Aronofsky, which I think is just a fantastic film. It's a psychological horror centering around biblical allegory. It is definitely pretentious, like up its own ass. Mm. But it's for me, it's ridiculously unnerving. And it's like confident in what it wants to do, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I've kind of noticed a bit of the theme of my pick here, and as much it's about like a couple living their lives until it's disrupted by a mysterious couple, <laughs> um, <laughs> which again happens in this film. But I just loved that it. it goes. Do you get on with your neighbours? 
So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit. Um, I just loved it. It just goes through it. It goes fully mm. like, and I mean properly bonkers with it, and just commits to what it wants to do. Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem are just especially incredible in this film. Okay, because it-, it has um, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, also brilliant. Like, it's so good. Like, whether you love it or hate it, it definitely will leave an impression. So, like, that's the least you can ask, isn't it? Like, I think. Yeah, I think for the first half of this film, some people might be bored, but when it takes off, my God, does it take off. Mm. So, yeah, give Mother a go. Mother with an exclamation mark. I feel like I always have to say Mother whenever I... Uh, Is it the uh, best role that Jennifer Lawrence performance uh, ever? The best Jennifer Lawrence performance. It's maybe my favourite film of hers. I don't know if it's a favourite performance of hers. I've never watched... Uh, Silver Linings Paper, which which she won the Oscar for, but no, okay. I, I didn't like it. Cannot stand David O. Russell's films and a lot about him. Uh, so <laughs> no. yeah, uh, so yeah, people like Hunger Games, though, don't they? So yeah, yeah, that's why I, that's why I was put off from watching this one because I didn't quite enjoy Hunger Games. So oh, this is nothing. Like this is absolutely nothing like. Hunger yeah, yeah, I, I know it was so. anything like. It was just mainly like. She's also Jennifer incredible. Like Winter's Bone was one of her first films. That's okay. that's really good. Does she get um, painted up all blue in this one? <laughs> not quite. No, there's no mystique in this. Um, so that's a Damn spoiler. It. Uh, <laughs> she yeah. doesn't show it. How, how does this exactly. movie tie into the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole lot of biblical allegory there if you're into that. So yeah, maybe check out Mother. Explanation point. A joke that I used to do after every movie that I would go to, like the credits (laughs) would roll, and I'd just say, how's this going to tie into the rest of the Marvel Universe? (laughs) It wouldn't matter what movie I was watching. I'd just lean over to my partner. I've I've seen that in my local cinema now, where they tell you when you're like getting your ticket and stuff, and they have signs like, does this film have an end credit scene or not? Like People are just conditioned to like wait to see yeah we do articles stuff. now like does this have like psa it has one so like, people yeah. want to know do i need to waste 15 minutes actually appreciating the people who made the film or not <laughs> yeah i would say it's sense. not wasting time because you get to hear some good music jesse what's your number four this is um actually i'm sorry to say this guys this is my final entry but oh you've only got four yes but however a- however I would say this is really a recommendation of 22 games, actually. So you're getting... Oh, okay. A, a, you could do 11 now and 11 bang, next time. <laughs> bang for your buck. But um, this is uh, another collection, another library of games from a developer called Chiller's Art. Um, and it's Ooh. similar to Puppet Combo in which uh, Chiller Art is like another sort of PC indie horror powerhouse with like a massive library of games on Steam and... Uh, this comes from the different angle, though, of focusing on everything you kind of love about J-horror. Um, a lot of the games are sort of like much more sort of uh, slower first-person experiences that, you know, slowly escalate into something supernatural happening. Um, like a good example is uh, the convenience store. And, you know, you're a night shift employee who has to go from like your little apartment all the way down to this convenience store that you work at. And at the start, you know, you'll be speaking to the people popping into the shop. You'll be restocking the shelves, but as the night progresses, as you go on to further nights within the game, more creepy and fucked up things happen, obviously. Um, I won't go into more detail, but I think Chill Art does have about 20 plus games on Steam, and they're usually like maybe a, an hour or a couple hours long and only like usually $5 or something like that. And they're all, a lot of them are definitely worth checking out. Um, nice. So yeah, there's a nice juxtaposition between Puppet Combo and Chiller's Art there, but you've if got you, like 40 games to check if out if you really bit, wanted to dive into it. Is there a particular one? I, I do think like the convenience store or night delivery um, mm-hmm. are good. 
Yeah, there we go. Nice one. Matt, what you got? So uh, my following two are part of my yearly routine for what I do around Halloween season. Like mm-hmm. every year I go back to these. Apart from run around the streets naked, you do that. Every yeah, time. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. you look out of your window on oh, October 31st, <laughs> might be me. Um, so I especially wanted to get on my soapbox a little bit about this. Because uh, it's uh, this first one is a, it's a cartoon called Over the Garden Wall. Um, mm-hmm. The... Really lovely Elijah Wood in the uh, the starring role as uh, the voice actor, um, but it's the reason that I want to talk about it is because Cartoon Network and uh, like Warner Brothers as a whole are kind of a little bit of difficulty when it comes to animation. Um, they're being undervalued in their position on streaming services. Some of them are being removed entirely. A significant amount of work from creators is just vanishing, and there isn't actually a way to appreciate a lot of this stuff. Mm. Um, and it especially annoys me because Over the Garden Wall meant so much to me. Um, and it's still available on things like Amazon and whatnot. But it's uh, a piece of animated media that I keep returning to. Um, and I really hate that some other things might not be able to be created or memories that you've managed to gain that become ritual for you now aren't something that you can return to because... Yeah, just just some money lads decided to make some you know tax write off decisions. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, talk about the actual thing itself. Um, <laughs> kind of a series of different scenarios that happen to these two kids. They just you know wander into a little new town, and a strange, scary thing will happen. Um, and it's overall a comedy. Like I think you could watch this yeah, with, with kids. It's more of a pleasant sort of Halloween. Mm-hmm. One oh, okay. There are definitely some utterly unnerving things that do happen in it, um, mm. but in a way that won't like, you know, you won't feel worse for having watched them. I think, if, yeah. I think this is a light horror. That, Can you watch mm-hmm. this with a kid? I think an older kid, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like a little bit, almost like nightmare. Um, yeah, Christmas. absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. fun, but still has you can be creeped out. By I was thinking it, like Monster House, you know, that's that's yeah. got some creepy visuals, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a good. Have you got anything more to say about that one, Matt? I don't want to cut you off. Only that I bloody love it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, here's one that's definitely not for the kids. Let oh, me no. tell you about Raw. Definitely the toughest. Well, is it definitely the toughest? Speaking of us, I'm going to say it's the toughest of all the watches I'm going to mention. The French psychological slash body horror disguised as a coming of age story. It's directed by Julia Decornau, who also directed Titan, which came out last year, which I haven't actually seen yet. I'm I do desperate need to. Watch. to. I should have done yeah. this already. I really want to. Um, Titan, you know. Um, I'm not going to spoil what Titan's about. I haven't seen it yet, but I know the rough uh, the rough premise. Um, but let's just say Raw... I think Raw is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's Again, it's only like 80 to 90 minutes. It's a short okay. one. Um, it is French. You're going to have to read it. Oh, get over it. Um, but it's well worth it. <laughs> it's the story of a young woman who arrives at veterinary school for her first year. She's quite quite timid and like crucial, crucially a stringent vegetarian and I, basically I can see where this is going <laughs> one day she is forced to eat some meat as this sort of like rite of passage like hazing sort of freshers thing at this um veterinary school and let's just say she gets a taste for it from there oh, um, no. it's hardly a laugh although oh, is it a that's raw almost taste? like a little bit of sorry is it a raw taste cardi oh is it i don't know 
Um, it's graphic. It is hard to watch at times. I'd say it's hardly a laugh. I think it's, especially towards there's a little bit of ton in cheekness to it. It's got a nice little balance, um, but it's yeah, I'd, it's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I can't. I I don't know where you actually watch Raw at the moment. Let me check that. Um, but yeah, check out Raw if you want one of the best horror films made. No in the connection last 10 years. to the WWE. It's available to rent in most places for like two quid, three quid. So Lovely. Uh, yeah, Raw. Banging. Um, Jesse, we're going to have to skip you, aren't we? Do you want to say something nice? Uh, or you, uh, give a shout out to something. I'll, I'll give a shout Resident out to... Resident Evil 4, you like you know that, what my, you? Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is <laughs> an indie gem that I don't think a lot of people have checked out, so uh, definitely do that. Shout out to the one person who thinks I talk about Resident Evil 4 all the time on the podcast. There we go. We've taken it off now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, lovely recommendation there. Um, <laughs> maybe wait for the remake at the start of next year, is what we'd say. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, Matt, what's your what's up last for you? Yes, my final one. It's a short horror manga by uh, Junji Ito. Um, oh mate, also uh, he's well known for this uh, this other longer story called Uzumaki. But the one I'd mm. actually really love to recommend, which is I think probably the first manga that I read, which is a horrible thing to think about. I read this when I was like a quite young teenager. Uh, it's called The Enigma of Amagara Fault, mm. Um, mm. which it's a story about a cliffside that people discover just has the shapes of human bodies in it. Like, just kind of rough outlines of humans. Uh, And people Mm. start showing up to it just because it's such a fascination. Like, why wouldn't you go there? But people start to notice that the outlines look almost exactly like their outlines. Okay. And the story progresses from there. Interesting. Um, What? Completely horrible. (laughs) Like, uh, uh, a page turner, but God, you won't have fun. Yeah, like, Jinji Ito's works are so damn good. And the problem is, is that there's a Netflix adaptation, I think, of, like, some of his Mm -hmm. works and stuff. There's, like, an an animated uh, adaptation. It's called the Jinji Ito Collection, and it's really not very good at all. No, like, if you're going to delve into this stuff, like, check out, you know... Uzumaki, check out Shiver, check out Venus in the Blind Spot. Yeah, so Tomei as well. Cool Tomei's good. Yeah, and he's he's even got like an adaptation of Frankenstein in his own art style as well. Like he's his artworks are he brilliant. Is, I mean, he is like known as like the, the best horror in Japan, right? Yeah, I don't I, think yeah, that's another he's, name. He's, he's, he's like the there. Japanese Stephen King, essentially, isn't he? Like. He's. I, th- I thought he was known as the master of horror in Japan. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what but, I would call him. But you can get, yeah. like, you know, a lot of his books just cheaply on Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. There's, like, you know, complete editions of, you know, Tomi or No Longer mm-hmm. Human. There's so many good things for you to dive into. Like, you can just look at one panel and be like, shit, this guy knows how mm-hmm. to draw. Like, he's got plenty of good stuff. Also, just likes cats. Wrote yeah, a comic about cats. his cats once. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely bonus. It's not all dark. Uh, right, I'm getting on to my last pick. Which is again about what a Danish I laugh. family. <laughs> oh, I laugh. Uh, about I just a rude like, man. See, <laughs> the, the horror that gets me are like things when, when things like odd things encroach on everyday life. Those mm. are the ones I think that are the most chilling. They could, in theory, happen to you. <gasps> uh, my last one is again. It's not too obscure, but I don't know if I want everyone to see it. Uh, it is a film called Kill List, which is. The single most I felt at ease in the cinema, I think, when I saw this when it came out. The last 15 minutes of this film, I was just, yeah, I was done. 
Um, <laughs> I, was, I, I was having a, I was having a great time, but I was also having a horrible time because it leans into what I find. I don't want to say what type of horror it goes into necessarily because it leans into things that especially get me. Um, for the most part, this film is kind of a crime thriller. Okay. that kind of devolves into a psychological, most folk horror sort of thing. Um, it's directed by Ben Wheatley, who's gone on to make several films since, but I just don't think he's topped this film mm. for me. Um, I just... I love it. I just think it's by far his best. The kind of the rough setup for this is it's a British British soldier who returns home from duty, and he basically joins an old friend in working as a contract killer. As so you that, do. Yeah, like well, Barry. he's got skills, he's going to use them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, things from his past resurface. He kind of spins out of control, he's losing it a bit. And then, like, these like mysterious, ominous employers keep, like, raising the stakes a bit and asking him to do things. It all gets very mysterious, like, what's going on here? Again, definitely not easy to watch at times. One or two bits of quite stark, like, realistic violence. But incredibly effective and for the most part you might not think it's a horror film but for me it gets near the end it gets quite terrifying but yeah you, you two have given me so much to enjoy this weekend yeah. that sounds yeah, sarcastic but there's like plenty of good like awesome sounding stuff here that i'm very oh, excited so, to check out i have no doubt apart from the fact apart from mother which would turn some people off, i think all my recommendations or something <laughs> uh yeah good stuff i hope some people have um yeah Got some good recommendations there. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. If you've maybe got an obscure uh, film or something you want to shout out, well, we can read those out next week so people can get prepped for their Halloween <clears throat> watches. Um, oh. It's been, do you know what? We haven't done one for a week or two. Let's do a quick endless search. Oh, yeah. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold at the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? We are playing a horror themed version. Is it gonna be scary? Tips. PG Tips is the game, if you've not played it before, where I read out five bits of parental guidance from imdb entries of films Brilliant. and you basically have to work out what the film is from those five clues the f- those clues get increasingly easier as you go but you get five points if you get it on the first clue for the film one point if you get it on the fifth clue for the film i've got four films here all i would say fairly well-known horror films okay there's not anything deep obscure here there's no there's no Norwegian folk horrors from the seventies <laughs> or anything. That's we're, what I thought was happening yesterday when you were putting this together. <laughs> oh no 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 no! These are all these are all films. If you haven't seen, you at least know what they're about. Okay. So, are yeah. these all fairly modern films, or is it just sort of spread I'm across? I'm not going to give you too many clues. You want to tell you who directed them? Who's in yeah. them? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just give me the names. <laughs> all right, let's just go. So the first clue for the first film is: a man is shown bare-chested. A man says. This is the most fun I've had without lubricant. Do you know what film that is? This is one of my if home do, videos. If you do, you're a weirdo. <laughs> That's not on. Um, just, you have to take a guess there, really, don't you? It's a bit of a horror film of a bare-chested man. <laughs> yeah, like my, my mind just went elsewhere. I can't think of a horror scenario. I don't, I, I don't want to know where it went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> 
I'll give give you a few seconds and we'll move on if you can't think of one. Mm. It's probably worth just shouting one. You never know. Fright Night. It's not Fright Night. <laughs> no. That's a good film though. Mm. More recommendations. Matt, you have go. you got have you got any Jeepers guesses? Creepers? It is not Jeepers Creepers. Right. Second clue for four points. A man grabs another man, struggles with him, punches him in the face. He then grabs a toilet cover and repeatedly smashes it on the man's head. Saw. It is sore. Yeah, that would have been my guess too. Ugh. Nice. I thought that clue was easier, but Matt Perslow, who, if he's listened to this, suggested it go higher in the order, as it isn't that obvious where I think that's what a, a big fall. scene from that film. I chat shit about Matt the next, Perslow. The next clue was a man steps on a button, which activates two drills. They're aimed at another <laughs> man's head. A police officer shoots the drill, causing them to stop saving the man's life. What a film Saw is, by the way. That's um, not the original, though, is it? That's, that's like, Saw. Not- yeah, this is sort one. Hmm. Yeah, that's sort one. Uh, then the next one would have been a dead man's body is found, a jigsaw-shaped wound is shown. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the last one, a man saws off his own foot. I think we would have got it from those last two. Yeah. Uh, if we hadn't, if we'd got that far. Right, that's four points to Jesse, but still three, three more films to play for. First clue of the next film. This movie has a race against time plot device where if the character fails, they can be killed by an antagonist. This is quite distressing and disquieting for some viewers. <laughs> Fucking every horror film. <laughs> uh, it's not. Ugh, it's... I mean, yeah, I guess not. But race against time race concept. Against time. What's that one oh. film? Justin Timberlake. Is it? <laughs> That's not a horror film. Yeah. Is it Crank? It is not Crank. Oh, That's a good shout. Not really a horror movie. But... Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Any, Wait, any can guesses? you can you repeat that hint again? I didn't I didn't repeat it for Matt, he just guessed. Race against time plot device. It can be <sighs> distressing and disquieting. Resident Evil Apocalypse. It's not that film. I was gonna though. say just because someone's chasing like yeah. Nemesis is in there okay. and the city's gonna get nuked. So This next one could give away. For me, this is a very vivid scene in this film, but I don't know okay. if it is for everyone, so I don't know if it's a giveaway or not. So I hope it isn't. For four points again. A horse escapes its trailer. And falls into the water. It floats into a boat's propellers and is completely blended. We see blood, organs, and matter in the water. Completely blended is a great <laughs> phrase. <laughs> is that. Oh, 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 oh. Um, the Ring. It is The Ring. Well done. But it's. Is it the American version? Yeah, that's The Ring. It's not The Ring. Oh. It is The Ring. Right. Um, I hate that more people would... so fucking blue all the I time. Like, I like the ring. I think it's quite a good remake. There you go. Me. Ringu is better. But <laughs> I think the ring's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know how uh, how much that scene stuck in people's mind. And that's one of been several people die off screen. Their faces are later shown warped and, divis- oh, and yeah, disfigured. Very disturbing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Very <laughs> this one, although brief, awfully disturbing images are shown. They contain intestines being pulled out of someone's mouth. They last about two seconds and a nail slowly being pushed through a finger in graphic detail. Then the fifth one, a woman is pushed and falls down a well quite violently. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Who actually uh, looks at these? Like, do parents before... I imagine watching... if you're a kid for... you know, oh, Is this too much for a 12-year-old? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you're looking at that for The Ring, then you've already made a mistake in your I feel judgment. like I watched The Ring when I was like... 
I don't know. Uh, when the Ring of Light, 2004. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I watched it when I was a kid, but it wasn't at the recommendation of my mum. No, it was 2002. I definitely watched that when I was, like, 11, 12, and it definitely freaked me out. Like, it's, it's freaky. It was weird, um, like, being able to watch, like, Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2, mm, but not knowing any of the references. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is 8-0 to just so you you come back here, man, but it can be done. The next film, the first clue. A dead armadillo is seen by the side of the road. Unsettling, but hardly any blood. Hereditary? Nope. Rubber. It's not rubber. (laughs) For four points, a woman's thumb is bleeding and an old man sucks the blood. Uh, Casino Royale? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um... Uh. Oh, I think I can... Calling Daniel Craig Sinner an old man. <laughs> James Bond. Right. I've got an armadillo and some thumb-sucking by an mm. old man. <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is the Texas Chainsaw oh, yes. Massacre. Yes. The Good. people at home are going to think that you slipped me a note there. <laughs> like, no, let's no, just keep it interesting. I absolutely isn't there, isn't like a Isn't there like some roadkill in Hereditary as well? It's later on there in the movie. Be. Oh, there might okay. be. Right. Um, <laughs> um, uh, none of those other ones are funny, apart from the last clue, which would have been, despite the film's title, only one person is killed with a chainsaw, but it's shown off screen. <laughs> so there we go. That was a bit disappointing, oh. actually. Didn't really put that together. The Texas Chainsaw oh. one murder. <laughs> Kill. <Yeah. laughs> what, what a film. That is. Oh, what an all-timer that is. Arguably best end shot for a film. One of. Mm. Um, right. I almost just said the name of the last film. <laughs> that would have been a mistake. So that's four points. So, Matt, if you get it first clue, you win. Mm. If you oh, get shit, second one, champion. it's a tie. And I do not have a tiebreaker. So <laughs> please don't get it on the second clue. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I wish everyone could see that. Here we go. That. It's because I, I almost said the name of that film. It keeps doing it. Okay. First clue. A teenage character smokes pot recreationally. Underage drinking and teen partying is seen. Not teen partying. It follows? No, that's a good that's a good mm. shout. Scream. Ooh, it's not. Second clue. Almost every character dies. <laughs> We've got teen partying. We've got oh, lots of dead people. Fuck what is it called? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of films where that probably happens. Oh to be my fair. god, this is annoying me. Oh, it's slip. I can see it's just slipping away from Matt here. It's, it's, it's sad to see. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Oh, do you though? It's not. Uh, no. <laughs> I think I'll tell you what I did last summer. Wait, wait. Uh, cabin in the woods. It's not cabin Fuck. in the woods. Okay. Okay. We're, we're playing for fun now. For three points. Numerous intense scenes of familial relationships. I said it right. I second guess myself. Of family relationships falling apart, emotionally draining, and highly uncomfortable. That just sounds like Christmas. <laughs> Everyone dies. <laughs> oh, so we've got family relationships falling mm. apart. Almost everyone dies. We've got team partying, recreational. I don't know which of those smoking. is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> a remake of Evil Dead. No, if, is that your official guess? Yes. Where's well, that? <laughs> not that. Teen partying. 
Oh, I may have thrown people off, and I love it when I throw mm. people off. And they smoke a little wacky tobacco in it. Is yeah. this scary movie? <laughs> You've already had your guess. Yeah, I'll oh. go scary movie on that. It's not scary. Uh, balls. Okay, <laughs> fourth clue for two points. Here's where, again, big big moment that you might uh, pick up on. A character slams their head onto a table, which eventually breaks their nose and causes blood. Oh, it's hereditary. Down their face. It yeah. is hereditary. Fuck, yeah. yeah, there we go. There we go. I should have put roadkill at the top for Jesse. Damn uh, it. <laughs> Uh, and the fifth one, fully nude characters in the movie, not with sexual intent. <laughs> That's good. It's good to clarify yeah. that. What a banging film that is. That uh, is there we go. It was a 8-6 in the end to Jesse. So do you know what? A good contest in the end. If those were ordered differently, it would have been a thriller. But uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> take, your, take it out with Perslo. If you email in to <laughs> IGN underscore UK podcast. Yeah, on, Matt. Um, other Matt, not you. Not going to get you. Uh, right here we go. Some feedback. We um oh we had so many people write in with uh, suggestions of ad- adaptations of video games they want to see, but especially everyone had a shout of who should play Agent Forty Seven. I will say we've got quite a few suggestions here, but I think when we were in the office, we we mentioned about a hundred people yesterday. I think in the end we got there. I've forgotten who our perfect one is, so I, oh, we'll, I'll mention yeah. them in a bit. Um, but Jesse, you've got a few suggestions here from some people. Indeed, I can read these off. The first one is from Kieran Jones. He says, Agent 47, Nolan film, a bold Tom Hardy brooding silently in a suit. Oh, is he too... Mm. I feel like, is he too, like, built? I don't know if he's too built at this point. I don't know if know? he's too... The problem he's not is... He's mega buff, but he's, I don't like, kind of hench. F- I don't think he's got the face. You would know, yeah. like, not... You know, you wouldn't know Tom Hardy because in this universe he's Agent Forty Seven and not the actor Tom <laughs> Hardy. But he's yeah. so handsome that you would just whatever role he is, it'd pick too much attention. I would you need, also you need like a plain a too, face. It's mm-hmm. a bit too weird. And also, I, I would never say this. I hope Tom Hardy never hears this. He's just a bit too short for oh, uh, for Agent Forty Seven. Agent Forty Seven for me needs to be like six three minimum. He needs to be big, fucking tall guy. Um, yeah. The next one is from. Brandon, he says, listening to your discussions on who should play Agent 47 in the limited series special by Nolan has to be Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Dean Norris. Uh, You know what? That would be funny. It made me laugh. It's not right, is it? Let's be honest. (laughs) I I would watch that. I would actually watch that. You should call everybody a sussy bucker. He's just, again... He's the wrong shape. And let me uh, reiterate, this is a man who once just tweeted the word sex gifts. <laughs> oh, that was him. I didn't Twitter. realize yeah. that was, that's an yeah. iconic tweet. <laughs> yeah. Should I do um, that for the IGN account? See what happens? Uh, Please don't. No, no. <laughs> at least you Maybe have to quote at him. Re- yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, this has got, got another one here. This is from Connor. He says, in my opinion, the fast, the fast bender would make a great agent. He's dashing. We all agree he's dashing. But he has an edge. That's pretty much it, really. Give me the limited series with The Fastbender. That is all bodies of water deserve respect. Why are we referring to him as The as, Fastbender? As, 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 as Michael Fastbender. I can't think of any other Fastbenders. Um, well, there's a Fastbender, a German director, but that's a different oh, man. Fastbender. Um, he's, he's got like a sharp face. He's got fa- sharp he's facial definitely, he's features got, that seem he's 47-ish. Got, he's, got the, he's got the height. Again, is he too... I just wonder if he's is too, he too charismatic. sexy for Agent Forty Seven. I don't want to put out there because I think our ideal se- uh, selection is definitely a sexy man. <laughs> so I don't think you can be. I think you can be sexy for Agent Forty Seven. I just I don't know if I. 
I don't know if he could do a blank face very well. I think he just has too much natural charisma in his face. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I. I think it's better than Dean Norris. Uh, but... <laughs> so that's how we're ranking it so far. Like, yeah, yeah. I really want to see some photos. Dean Norris is currently the Dean third Norris. best actor that we've got in mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've got a couple more though. What yes, you, uh... this is from a uh, Daniel. He says, in terms of who should play Hitman, it's difficult because I feel like he should be English from the original games. He sounds more Americanized now to me. It's it's been the same actor the whole time. Yeah, so I think Daniel maybe Bates his voice is, is slightly. Name. Tweaked he, over time. He is. Um, I think he's a. He's Scottish, isn't he? The no, he's a South African British. Uh, I thought he was Scottish. Actor. No, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, he's been Agent Forty Seven since well, all eight games mm. or whatever. Maybe over time he's tweaked it. Who knows? Yeah. But, but um, but, Daniel goes on to say, uh, so I can't think of anyone more fit into the role than Ralph Finnis. Uh, the man can do. Ray Fiennes. Fiennes. Ralph, you oh, did. You yeah, couldn't have it. possibly <laughs> done that any worse. <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> I'm a fool. I'll never let that one down, and it's okay. I accept it. Uh, that man can do ruthless colour as if it was his everyday norm. I mean, he's got. Well, well, in case you don't know, who he is that's Voldemort. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> look forty-seven. Also, is he too old to be? 47 I think he's now? a little too old. Maybe twenty years ago. Maybe Constant Gardener era. Red Fines would uh, be good. Uh, he's definitely got the. He could do the the blankness. I think quite well. I would have to hear the voice. Um, I can't see him in a red tie. I just, yeah, I just see him with not much of a nose and, you know, throwing a wand about and whatnot. Yeah. Can't really. Later, 47s don't have a tie in some levels. Yeah, it's just, true. Mean, Sometimes he dresses up like a clown. So. Or a chicken. Yeah, there's several things. I mean, I don't want to ruin the um, the guessing game we were having here over people saying. Uh, we maybe you were Peter Andre in the Mysterious Girl video, Matt. <laughs> do you but, think um, I should do it? <laughs> you are a bald gentleman. It's true. Could you do it? That's what we've got. Oh, uh, you know, do I speak to my agent? You know, <laughs> yeah, do a little exactly. bat the well, offer back and forth. Mm-hmm. We we've have, got one um, more suggestion. Yeah, one more, just just a mad suggestion. Uh, can we have Ed Harris doing a Hitman film directed by James Mangold, similar to Logan? The problem is, is that he's almost eighty years old. I think Ed he's Harris, an old so. man. But if we are going for old man. 47, then you, you know would what, be if, a good choice. If you had, like, if you had to have a film where, like, Agent 47, similar to, like, the game Contracts, where he's sort of retelling famous stories, mm. you could have, like, an old Ed Harris sitting in a chair going, yeah. like, he's got the voice, like, his voice is quite similar. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, there's, a, there's something in there. I think he, him and Fassbender have been the best so far. They've been the best suggestions. We do have more, though. I believe, Matt, you have one, which is a bit of a double... Uh, two-in-one feedback here from uh, someone. Yeah, it's from Barney. Hello, Barney. Hello, peeps. <laughs> At the perfect solution to Hitman casting woes, they are incredibly bald, they have had many successful hits, they have been to many locations all around the globe. Some would even call them... Mr. Worldwide. That's right. Give it to Pitbull. He was in a, even in a film called Blood Money. It's all coming together. Do we get Pitbull to play Agent 47? I mm. think. Let's see what he's up to. I will tell you now, the one thing you're not doing is playing Pitbull at the end of this podcast, because I will never actively choose to listen to a Pitbull song in my yeah. life. Yeah. Whatever um, you're going through, he's been there, done that. Something <laughs> like, do we have to go with someone who is just bold? Like, is that the criteria yeah, people well, I mean, are going for? That's his like one signifying thing, is it? Like, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's like, what are some actors who still have lovely hair that, like, that can transform? I mean, yeah, into well, that's someone? what that's our ultimate suggestion. If we actually got any more, 
I don't think we are. So now we can reveal who we thought would be best. I think. Um, I'm. I think we decided. He's tall. He's not overly wide. Um, he's built. He is handsome. Can do the voice, but also can do blank very well and slightly odd. Dale let's, Driver. Let's shave all the hair off of Mister Alexander Skarsgård. Let's get him in there. That's the one. Job done. See you later. Yep. Now that um, you've reminded me, I'm like, just get him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I think there's more to Barney's email. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to read this out. Um, yep. So here's some ideas for your streaming services. For a game show, the floor is actually lava <laughs> with Dave Benson Phillips, who, uh, weirdly enough, I have a weird like you know, uh, removed connection to him through a friend who is like hired him for an event once, but then ended up like becoming friends with him. So yeah, like, so are you friends with him now? No, but I could, I am like a person removed from like us having Dave Benson Phillips on this show. That is the best news I've heard. Mm. Oh yeah. Should we try Uh, and get him in for a live show at some point? Let's (laughs) get, get, uh, I was trying to make a get your own bet thing there. Yeah. Yeah. 50, 50. Was that him? Yeah. I can't remember. No. Oh, TD5. That was Zoe Ball, wasn't it? Mm. I don't know. They I don't know how far removed legend. I am from Zoe Ball. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Right. So a series, a ski-free horror series directed by Mike Flanagan of uh, Midnight Mass fame. Ski-free? Yeah. Do you remember Ski-free? The, the, yeah. Well, the I, don't, I don't understand this. Uh, how this adapts into a Mike Flanagan, but no, I'm into I get it. it. It's odd. Yeah, a reality show idea. Stardew Valley. Someone with zero prior experience is given three years to turn an overgrown plot <laughs> land into a fully functioning and successful farm. Isn't that, isn't that just oh, like, like that. Jeremy Clarkson's show? Oh, it's Jeremy Clarkson's. Yeah, they've done that. It exists already. Barney, you fucked it. You fucked it. I'm not watching Jeremy Clarkson's Stardew Valley. Grim. Anyway, Barney says cheers and respects the sea. He says he has no respect for the sea. Oh, I've misread this. Sorry, I've, I've misrepresented you, Barney. <laughs> that is outrageous. Yeah. Barney I is take back. I thought the Stardew prick. Valley idea was good, and now I've lost all respect. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all gone downhill as we read through Barney's email. Yeah. Sorry, Barney. But you know what? I enjoyed Pitbull very much, so thanks for that. Um, I've got one email here who I haven't put the name of. I'm going to find that now because I'm an idiot. Da, 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 da. Time filling noise until Cardi yeah, finds time- the name. Let's time fiddle. Uh, This one is from Mario Malerba, who says... Hey, all listening to last week's episode about dream video game adaptations. uh, Had my brain firing on all cylinders. So here's a couple of ideas. Get the people who made Takeshi's Castle (coughs) slash MXC to make a full guys competition show. I feel like that's... uh, It's almost like the... uh, Indiana Jones to Uncharted to Indiana Jones thing, isn't it? Like they on Tomb Raider, they all inspired each other. So it go full circle, get a real life full guys show going. That's got to happen. They're bringing Takeshi's Castle back, from what I've heard as well. It's in, it's in production. Who's the host though? Mm. Pitbull. Yeah, yeah. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Um, second one from Mario here is indie horror movie Robert Eggers Inscription. Yeah, it has the right vibe. Mm. That definitely has the right vibe. Would it be I don't know film? how you tell that story in a in a film. They don't talk weird enough in inscription, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to you'd have to set it a couple of hundred years back somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, do you think he'd do a sci-fi at some point? I reckon he could probably he, like 
decide that do that interested him. Yeah. Because I, I know that he likes like historical stuff, but I could imagine him going like, "What's something that I would never do?" And then well, like read Joe a bunch of technical manuals. Joe mentioned the game last week, but I'd, I think he'd actually be perfect for a return of Oberdin game. Oh so yeah, he would. That's, that's lighthousey. Um, I'd like to see that. Um, third up, Mario says Edgar Wright directs a Grand Theft Auto film in which there's a big ensemble cast that consists of all the main characters from the game teaming up. I'm not sure about any of the casting, except for Adam Driver as Nico Bellic, <laughs> doing a horrendous Russian accent. The fucking adventurous <laughs> Nico Bellic ever, yeah. man. Have you seen him? Shows? I thought about a... Um, I'd like a GTA series done by Vince Gilligan. I think that would be good. With He could even get like Bob Ogenkirk to be um, Nico. I feel like he'd be good for that. Have you ever seen one of those videos of um, like either Sopranos or Breaking Bad scenes that have been dubbed with some uh, like GTA music in the background? Mm-hmm. There's like some and all, yeah, and all like the Mario sixty four ones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. The, yeah. There are definitely scenes where like Saul gives them missions. Like that would be really <laughs> good to. I feel like, yeah, Vince Gillen has good GTA vibes to him. Kind of like, yeah, a bit of silliness in the crime. Uh, oh, I've, I didn't see this. Mario also does have an Agent 47 session, who he says is Bob Ogenkirk, would be a nice fit. It's all, uh, similar to his ass-kickery of Nobody. I forgot about it. I never watched Nobody. I never watched Nobody Nobody, nobody did. Whoa. Bazinga. Is he too funny? I don't is he know. too old? But yeah, forty-seven yeah. is funny. Yeah, but he is—he is, he can be a funny man. Yep. He says, "Thank you for all being the best." Oh, we try. Thank you, Mario. Again, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Send us your more hidden horror recommendations for people. We'll read some of those out next mm. week ahead of Halloween. Um, yeah, this has been pleasant. Podcast six six six. I feel like it's too obvious to play Iron Maiden's "Number of the Beast," so I'm not going to do that. I will say Instead, as well, if you have any like early Halloween parties, send in your nice little video game costumes. I think that'd be ooh, fun to see. <laughs> we might do something on the uh, the Twitter feed if you've got really good ones. Ooh, lovely stuff. Synergy going on here. Um, instead of the obvious metal choice, I'm going to take control here. I'm going with Slipknot's Heretic Anthem. Because if you're 555, I'm 666. <laughs> fucking podcast hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.